Growing up in the 80s, we had two epic vehicles. When we had a Ford LTD, I think this car was longer and wider than a semi. You could put a whole playground in the back seat. However, we still, um, my siblings and I, uh, still can keep our hands to ourselves. Uh, we got yelled at a few times. Uh, later, we had a full-sized brown van that seated seven people, the exact size of my family, five kids and two adults. Uh, this later also became the vehicle that uh, us kids drove around in high school. Um, it might not be the most uncool vehicle anyone has ever had to drive in high school, but it had to be close. We, like every good kid before us, when we would go road tripping, we would ask how much longer. Um, I don't know, actually, do kids even ask that these days? I guess we have GPS that will tell us exactly how much longer the trip is. But also, I also remember like stopping by um, the roadside on the interstate, um, and so we could go to the bathroom in the ditch behind the car. Um, that thing also happened. Uh, my mom somewhere read somewhere that uh, hedge apples uh, keeps crickets away. Uh, and so when we had come back from my grandparents' place in Kansas City, we'd have to be on the lookout uh, for hedge apple trees uh, so that we could pick them and put them in our basement to keep the crickets away. In our first reading, Moses is doing this. He's recalling all the things that happened in the Israelites' journey and wandering through the desert for the past 40 years. And he reminds them that when they were hungry that God gave them manna. If you remember, manna was little flakes of bread that would miraculously be left on the ground after the morning frost had evaporated. Psalm 78 says, humans ate the bread from heaven, the bread of the angels. The church, in giving us this first reading on Corpus Christi Sunday, continues the tradition that the manna in the desert for the Israelites is a foreshadowing of Jesus in the Eucharist. Jesus comes down from heaven to give us himself in the Eucharist. In the Gospel today, uh, we hear Jesus explain that the Eucharist is the center of our lives as Christians. We are in John 6. We are in the bread of life discourse. John chapter 6 might be the most amazing chapter in the Bible. John chapter 6 starts out with the feeding of the 5,000. Then Jesus walks on water and calms the sea. And finally Jesus gives the bread of life discourse. Now John does not contain a narrative about the institution of the Eucharist at the Last Supper. Instead, John gives us Jesus' discourse on the necessity of eating Jesus' body and drinking his blood. Jesus tells the crowd, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. The bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. St. John then records that upon hearing Jesus' words, the Jews start quarreling among themselves. It's not hard to see why. There were a lot of things supposedly wrong with the statement just made by Jesus. First of all, the Jews were not supposed to drink the blood of animals. That was against the Jewish laws. So how could Jesus be asking them to drink human blood? 
at this point Jesus is very much alive so how was he going to give them his flesh and blood if he was still alive and even to this day eating the flesh of animals is a normal thing I mean bacon tastes pretty good however eating the flesh of another human is seen as repulsive by most societies and rightly so so when the Jews are quarreling, Jesus, uh, what does he do? Does, he says, oh, don't worry, you misunderstood me. You know, I didn't mean it that, quite that way. Um, it's just, I just meant it as a symbol. Does Jesus do this? Absolutely not. He does the exact opposite. He digs himself even a bigger hole. He doubles down. Jesus says, amen, amen, I say to you. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Jesus goes on to say, This is the bread that came down from heaven, unlike your ancestors who ate and still died. Now this is actually a reference to the Israelites in the first reading, the ones who wandered the desert for 40 years and ate the manna. They did die, or at least I assume so. I haven't looked at the Book of Guinness, uh, Guinness Book of World Records recently, but I'm pretty sure that the oldest person isn't like a 3,000 year old Jewish person. So I assume that they all passed. Jesus finishes today's reading by saying, Whoever eats this bread will live forever. We have a deep desire for existence. This is because we are made in the image and likeness of God. We are created with an eternal soul. So this desire for eternal existence is a true and good one. And it will be given to us. However, it is up to us if that will be an eternity in heaven or an eternity in hell. Jesus, when Jesus says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, Jesus means eternal life in heaven. So if we want to have eternal life in heaven, we have to eat Jesus' body and drink his blood. How is this possible? Briefly, because I know I've explained this before, I'm pretty sure, but uh, in ancient philosophy, I think I had an immaterial whatness and then a material like matter. Or as some philosophers talked about, form and matter. So your soul is a human being soul. Your soul is a, the whatness or the form. And so your whatness is human being or humanness. And so the form informs the matter that makes up the human body. So we know you have a human soul because we see a human body before us. This soul or human form is given to us as a gift at the moment of our conception. For the moment we are conceived, we are a human person. It may not look like it right away, but the soul is informing the matter to grow into something that we recognize as a human body. It is not the human body that determines that we are a human person with inalienable rights, but the, rather the soul. One can become disfigured in such a way that our human body is not complete, but our soul is always completely intact. It is right and good for a person to have two ears. However, even though my human soul is capable of having two ears, my body is not. A human person is a human person for the moment of conception, no matter what stage the body is in.
So the oneness and the matter or the appearance are congruent in the Eucharist before and after the consecration. So, uh, uh, so before the consecration, so it's bread and wine, and it appears to be bread and wine before the consecration. However, after the consecration, the witness and the appearance of the Eucharist are no longer congruent. The consecrated host and the wine so appear to us as bread and wine, but the witness, the substance, what they are, has been changed, transformed into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. We see in the second reading that the early Christians really truly believed that the Eucharist was the body and blood of Jesus. Modern polls suggest that only 30% of Catholics believe that the Eucharist, the consecrated host and wine, are truly the body and blood of Jesus. You all better be in the 30%. Because the Eucharist really is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, whether we believe it or not. Earlier this year, uh, in our parishes, we asked that the, confirmation, the kids preparing for confirmation go to Mass every weekend. God, through the Church, has asked us to come to Mass and ideally receive the Eucharist at least once a week on Sunday or Saturday evening. Vatican II called the Mass the source and summit of the Christian life. When you were younger, if your parents didn't feed you, you would have died. God, out of love, wants to feed us. Out of love, He wants to give us spiritual food for the journey to heaven. He wants to give us eternal life. We cannot get to heaven without spiritual food from our heavenly parent, from God. Now, if you need to prepare your soul before Mass because you have mortal sin on your soul, get to confession. Then you will be ready to receive Jesus in the Eucharist at Mass. And even if you can't get to confession, the Church says we should still go to Mass, but now receive the Eucharist. Jesus made it simple and clear. If we want to get to heaven, if we want to spend eternity with Him, then one step, one important step, is that we eat His flesh and drink His blood. And how can we do that? By receiving Him in the Eucharist. In this journey to heaven, we are supposed to grow in holiness, grow in our likeness to God that we lost in the fall of Adam and Eve. Jesus took on our human nature so that we could take on His divine nature. When we receive the Eucharist and are open to the graces of the Eucharist, we grow in holiness. We grow in becoming more like Jesus. We become better prepared to spend eternity with God in heaven. So, if you want a shot at getting to heaven, go to Mass. If you want a good shot at going to hell, don't go to Mass.